Hi, this is Hetty. And this is Tina. And this is Love and Inclusion in, in the, the Real World. world. So, um, it is a beautiful fallish kind of day. I'm loving it. I think it's only going to be 70. I think that's really exciting. That, that's nice. Um, I like it. And we are going to explore something just a little bit different. Well, we have a guest today. Yeah, we have a guest. Fun. Yeah. And we're going to kind of dive into, um, you know, not only how our kids are supported, but also how we are empowered to be part of an IEP team. Yep. Um, and so I'm going to let Tina introduce our guest. Great. So I have the pleasure of introducing somebody that I have known her entire life. Uh, so my sister is visiting from Minnesota. Um, and so she graciously agreed to be a guest on our podcast. So we're so excited to have you. Um, Tammy, I'm just going to roll it over to you and kind of let you tell us a little bit about yourself. Hi, my name is Tammy. I am Tina's little sister. I live in a small rural area, rural area of Southwest Minnesota. Um, I have a wonderful husband I've been married to for 16 years. I have uh, two kids. I have a son named Kenneth, a daughter named Lily. I'm also blessed with a stepdaughter named Chance, and I have a grandson who is two, named Kason. And she's wow. younger than me, remember guys? I'm so excited. <laughs> I am younger than you. A two-year-old grandson. Okay. Well, so, um, other than just the fact that she's a cool person, we invited Tammy to join us today because, um, so, one of her children has an IEP, and Tammy also has a disability. And so, if you... Would I mind do. sharing that a little bit? Um, I am considered legally half blind. And when people hear that, they think, oh, you can't see. Well, no, actually I can see, I just don't see very well. Um, I run into things quite often. <laughs> <laughs> or miss a step here and there. Um, and things are all blurry mm -hmm. until I put my glasses on, then they're not quite as blurry. But even with corrective lenses on you still don't see I still cannot yes. legally drive a car okay. I will never be able to legally drive a car because I just don't have the vision to do that okay so kind of what we want to explore is her experience as a parent of a kid going through that IEP process um, and how the school has or hasn't um, helped to make you part of that process yeah um, because we find that, I mean, a lot of times schools struggle to make parents part of the process when they don't need to make any accommodations, any accommodations at all for parents, yeah. right? Like a lot of parents are floating around going, I don't even know what this means or how this works. And so then for you, there's just kind of that extra layer because so much of the IEP process and school in general is paperwork. It's print, yes. Yeah. It's print and the smaller print I do have a hard, harder time reading. Mm -hmm. A lot of times, like, I will take off my glasses to read print. It's kind of funny. It makes it easier to read the print without my glasses. Yeah. Like, most people put on readers. I take my readers off. I take my glasses <laughs> off to read it. But our school district, it wasn't until Tina has always been an advocate for inclusion. 
And then when I reached out to you guys is when I really got involved in Kenny's IEP because I didn't know what to do. I just let the school do what they thought was right. Mm -hmm. I didn't know any better and the school didn't tell me any better. They're like, oh, this is what we're going to do for your kid. I'm like, okay. Until I'm like, wait a minute, this is not working for my son. Mm -hmm. He He's not happy. He's... You could just see it in his his face, his not wanting to go to school. And it was just getting very frustrating as a parent. And finally, I, I took the initiative. I'm like, okay, we need to fix this because it is not working for my son. Mm -hmm. And so and so when you say you need to fix this, like, obviously, like, she called us. She called, us. She called her sister. <laughs> like, hey, can you help me out? Because as a parent I didn't know what to do I had no clue what the protocols were to help my son achieve his best achievement or whatever for his IEP his best goals do you remember when Kenny got his very first IEP Kenny's actually been on an IEP for a long time because he's always had an, a huge struggle with math huge do you know what grade was it in kindergarten or was I don't it? think it was kindergarten I think Definitely more in probably like fourth and fifth grade when okay. he so. got into the high school where he had more of a... Where math was getting harder. Where math was getting yeah. harder. Yeah. And, and he, so now he's in 10th grade, ninth grade? He is in 10th grade, grade, yes. Yeah. And so how have things been going since you kind of jumped in and got a little more involved and said, hey, we really need to look at what's going to work for Kenny? Well, at the progress report at the end of last year, was a little contradictive, I said. I thought I read, I think. Because they said, oh, he was doing better, but his percentiles were still very low. Mm -hmm. So, but it was the end of the year, and I got the report, I think, after school was out. Oh. I'm pretty Surprise. sure. <laughs> yeah, I'm pretty sure I got the report after school was out. Mm -hmm. But there's like, oh, he's doing really good. But his percentile that we set up for his IEP was way lower than mm -hmm. what we set up for him. I can't off my top of my head remember what it was. That's mm -hmm. okay. But I really think the percentiles were like in like the 17 out of 75, I think. Mm -hmm. So I really think it was low for mm -hmm. what it was. Mm -hmm. But making some kind of progress? I think he did make a little bit of progress. Mm -hmm. And how's he feeling about school? This year, he's, he's got, um, he's really enjoying his math teacher. Mm -hmm. which is very <laughs> great for me to hear because right. Kenny's least favorite subject is actually probably math. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's I think that that's encouraging, right? Yep. And maybe just see how that progresses then as his school year goes by. But so, so you know, everybody out there who listens, who has a kid on the IP knows that you get like this big, thick, Dry dense <laughs> document that tells you know, it's a recap of everything we talked about yep. at the IEP meeting and, and it tells the goals. And so the complication for you when you receive that is... It's not in big print. It's not in big print, right? And what's, I feel, a little bit ironic about all of this is um, Tammy lives in the same town that she grew up in. So some of these teachers are the same teachers. Yeah, um, this is where Tammy so went to school. Yeah, this is where Tammy went to school. So it's not as though Tammy just moved in and they don't know that she has a disability, right? Tammy went to school there. She She's always very, she's 
really good at making sure her kids get access to transportation because that's a barrier, right? Right. You, you heard her mention earlier she can't drive. Um, and so when there's after school programs and that kind of stuff, um, even even her daughter that doesn't have a disability, she is very good at advocating to make sure there's transportation because Tammy cannot drive. Right. So the thing is, is like, it's not a big surprise. Right. That right. Tammy's vision is impacted, right? Like people know that, um, but yet, you had to ask. I did have to ask. I'm like, can you send this in big print for me? Well, they did not send it in big print. They just put it on like the big paper. The legal, legal paper, like 11, 11 yep, by 14. And they just tried to make it to where it stripped off to fit the paper, but it still didn't quite fit the paper. It just, <laughs> I'm like, this is the same size font. It just stretched out a little bit. Oh, it well, and that probably also sort of, um, distorts it right like if you if you're not really making bigger you're just kind of stretching it out the words are like oh let's stretch out these letters which make it a little more difficult to read yeah so have you been able to resolve that no no we haven't actually had any kind of ip meeting for kenny yet this year right how about the progress reports did they come in larger i haven't no those don't come in larger print either and and i mean you requested i mean i was we were at the meeting when we right. requested that. So I think the, you know, the reason why we're bringing this up is it happens, right? And so, you know, what what can families do? I mean, does any, like, I mean, we were, thankfully Tammy called us, right? I mean, and obviously those listening, you can always call us too, but some tangible things you can do is you can put in writing, hey, I need this in large font, or hey, make sure there's an interpreter accessible there. You know, there's so many things that, I mean, and even in the law, it states that, right? Yep. Yeah. Like, I think that if you're requesting an accommodation as as a parent, I think, I think it's nice to like initially, you know, like make a verbal request, like just in a really collegial way, say, hey, like, can I get a copy of this in large print? Or, hey, can I get an interpreter because, um, because my hearing's impacted or whatever the case might be, right? And... But then I think that following that up with a written communication is really important. And then you can just quote the law, the law that says it's their obligation, it's their responsibility. Um, and here's the reason why, and I want you to maybe comment on this, is the idea is that those things are provided so that you can participate mm-hmm. in the process. Yes. Right. And so, and if they don't make accommodations for you, then the question becomes, how do you participate and how do you feel about that? And I would love for you to maybe share about how their inability to make an appropriate accommodation impacts your ability to support Kenny in all the ways that you would like to. Um, so I'm lucky a lot of times if I can't read it, I do pass it over to Chad. <laughs> and he will read through it for me, which isn't right either because I should be able to read it as well as have Chad read it right. without having to pass it over to him and be like, okay, Chad, what does it say? Right. You know, and then him reply where I can, should just be able to read it myself. Right. So it does get a little frustrating. And, and I think in their eyes, because they put it on the bigger paper, they gave me the bigger print, but they actually did not give me the large print font mm-hmm. or the large print paper to where I can easily read it. Another question that I have, do you get it in a draft format? Did you get it before the meeting? Because I remember 
we had to do the meeting electronically because of the C word, right? And yeah. so, um, and you don't have a PC at home, so you were using it on your phone. Yeah. And then they tried to um, tried to display it, and I even said, "Hold on, we can't see that, right?" They did. Like we couldn't see yeah. it. Yeah. And so yeah. if we couldn't see it, chances are Tammy couldn't. Exactly. There was no way I was able to see what they were displaying on the screen. Not even close. Even right. if I would have put my nose to the screen, <laughs> I wouldn't have been able to see what they were doing on the screen because it was because they had two screens. Yeah. at some point so it was even smaller than if they just would have had the one screen mm -hmm. and even blowing it up it still would not on that screen would have made any help for me and i remember too tammy you had to um shut your camera off because you knew that otherwise I we would have been looking up your nose right because you had to have your phone <laughs> shows when we no, do i think that yeah i think that's great um well and i think the hard thing about that right is often you hear educators in relationship to colleagues or students talk about well when they have their camera off i don't really even know if they're here or right. participating or paying attention and so um you know like so you have to turn your camera off so you know for a legitimate reason so you can get up there and look without yeah. kind of feeling like oh everybody's seeing my nose you'd be surprised how many times <laughs> i go through my camera roll and see a picture of my forehead <laughs> <laughs> and but what's really the shame is if anybody in that meeting is in their head thinking oh she's not like she's mom's checked out right yeah. like and um and if they would just make appropriate accommodations to begin with, then it wouldn't be an issue. That's the yeah. thing. You know, if um, I would have got the papers before beforehand, the yeah. before the meeting in the large print, I would have been able to follow along to what they were doing mm -hmm. Yeah, very well, much easier. And I could have kept my camera on the whole time. Right. And so I think like they materially create a barrier by not providing you with a large print. They socially create a barrier yeah. by not because I, I mean, I know what people think when people turn off their cameras. They right. just think oh, they're yeah. not paying attention. Well, That's, even I've at that, that, even at while we were doing the video chat on the IP, you could see people other than myself with their cameras going on and off throughout the meeting. Right. Yeah. Right. You know, so you, yeah. Um, and so, I mean, I just think that it's interesting too because this is what would concern me, is that, and it's great that like Chad can read it to you, but. You know, like I like to read things myself so that I can like process, process what it, yeah. it means. Mm -hmm. And I find that it's harder to do that if somebody just reads things out loud to me. Well, especially with, I do have a harder time hearing too. Mm -hmm. So like if Chad is reading, I feel like sometimes Chad reads really fast. So I'm like, what? What? <laughs> so yeah. then he gets a little frustrated because he's, he's like, oh, I'm like, can you just slow it out? Yeah. 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 But so then you get in a place where you have to rely on them to kind of interpret for you what's in the paper. Right. And I think that that's a really not good place to be as a parent, especially with a team that, I mean, you know, you can already guess that if Tammy was calling in an advocate, that there was, um, you know, not the level of trust that yeah. you would hope for, right? For sure. And so then you're having to depend on these people that you don't even fully trust yep. to tell you what's in the paperwork. Yep. Um, and with the school district, it's Kenny was very 
adamant about things he didn't want that I felt like they weren't following along. That's why I called you. I'm like, because they were not listening to Kenny either. Mm -hmm. They weren't listening to me as a parent saying this isn't right. But not only me, my son knows what he wants. Right. He's, you know, he's like, Mom, I... I'm not liking this. This right. isn't working. And he, like, Kenny Kenny was in the ninth grade, right, when these yep. meetings were happening. He's not, like, two. No. Right? He's able to say, this strategy, this approach does not work for me. It's yep. not helping me. And it's really important. So I think that that's kind of, like, an issue of a, sort of a broken team in general. Or right. Or a broken yeah. team leader, kind of, so to speak. But, um... I just think that, you know, when you look at IDEA, um, your role on that IEP team is kind of elevated, right? Like, mm -hmm. um, they're supposed to make sure you're notified. They're supposed to check and make sure that it's a good date for you to come. Like, you're so, you're the number one. Number one, yeah. Parents um, are the number one. Team member listed yeah. as parents. Um, and so that's great, 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 great. But then if they can't support parents who have need for accommodation with those accommodations it just sort of like undermines right, yeah. anything else that's happened to make that family feel like they're part of the process so i mean obviously specifically in your situation you like they could fix that by just providing you with all communication in large print whatever mm -hmm. it is right um what like what else do you think that they could do to help you be more because because what you're seeing is Kenny had IEPs for several years before you even started to really yeah. understand what was going on right yeah so what do you think that a school could do to help any parent but particularly one who you know has some sort of a need for accommodation what do you think they could do to um, support families I think the school's gotta if there's a parent out there where there any guardian anybody with a disability they need to make sure they're helping that parent out so that parent can be as involved with their kids IEP as possible so they can make their kid get the best of their education as they can yeah yeah I think that's really important I you know one thing that I notice is um like I've never been I mean I don't have anything that would need accommodated except probably my mood some days <laughs> story um like I've never been asked by an IP team if I need accommodations yeah and the team like if you don't know I have a disability you can't tell I have a disability because I'm right I'm, I'm very good at not right well I mean for example yesterday we were in Estes Park and this lady said, did you fill out this form online? And we're like, no, we don't have good service. And she she handed Tammy her phone. She goes, here you go. And then she she kind of yelled at Tam. She did. She said, um, if you're in the shade, you can see better. And Tam said, ma'am, what did you say? I have a vision disability. Yeah, I have a vision disability. And she's like, oh, because Tam had to hold it really close, right? Mm -hmm. And I mean, I just thought the lady was just rude in general to all of us. <laughs> but um, I, thought Tam, I thought you handled that really well, Tam. Yeah. Um, but I think you have a good point. Why don't they just ask any accommodations needed? Are there any accommodations yeah. needed? Because some people aren't comfortable just saying, hey, by the way, I have a disability and I need this. It right? did take me a long, long time before I finally came to the fact that I do have a disability and I do need the extra assistance. Mm -hmm. Well, and I think the other thing too is that 
like even if you even if you are okay with sharing your disability right with mm-hmm. the school or whatever um you might not even know that it's your right, right. to have exactly. accommodations to even know that if you ask for that support that they're obligated to provide it and so probably some people just don't because they're really used to being in places where they're not accommodated at all yeah right and you just like make adjustments to what you do to navigate the situation as best as you can right and so i think that that's part of the problem too like if we asked families is there any reason we would need to provide you with an accommodation what is that that then they would know oh well like yes uh, like i like they can have an asl interpreter there they can print things in large print they can you know whatever the case might be and i feel like that's big too is like going into an IEP meeting, first things, is there any accommodations we can do for anybody at the meeting? Mm-hmm. Right. You know, well, it's I, great. I think even, you know, like choosing what room mm-hmm. something's going to be in, right? And within a building, right? Because if a person has like a, a disability that impacts their mobility, right? Yeah. Right. Or maybe if they're using a wheelchair, you need to make sure that whatever room they're in is going to accommodate that size wise. And you know, you would assume that a public school is going to be accessible, but right. Not always. Right. And so like, you know, like if the parent uses a wheelchair, you wouldn't want to have that meeting like in a tiny room on the second floor. Right. But we just aren't asking these questions. And um, that's curious to me, I guess. Yeah. Yeah, it is. And even the schools, not even, the school's not even asking that question. Right. Yeah. Right. That is, I've never been asked if there's anything I can do to accommodate. Yeah. Yeah. That's what I'm, that's what, yeah, yeah, that's what you remember. And and again, the school does know I have a disability because there's multiple times that I've called where, let's say, Kenny and Lily have been sick and they're like, the school calls me, they're like, you need to come pick up your kid. I'm like, I get it. I need to come pick up my kid. But you also gotta understand, I have a disability. I can't drive, so you need to give me a few minutes so I can try to find a way to get my kids picked up. Oh, yeah. Like I don't have a personal secretary that right, I can right. send right over. Or a chauffeur. To do that. <laughs> chauffeur. You know, and my right. husband works half hour away. Yeah. You know, so he works in a whole other town. Yes, he will drive all the way to the school to pick up Kenny and Lily, and then drop them up at home and go back to work. But that, a lot of times, we try to make our last resort. Right. I want to try to get them picked up. Right. Sooner. Kind of give me a few minutes to try to figure out if somebody else Luckily, I have an amazing support system out there of friends who Mm -hmm. will go run to the school, pick up my kids, and run them home for me. Yeah. So I I think that kind of the bottom line in this, like if you're listening, is um, to know that if you have a disability of any sort that needs an accommodation, you have the right to ask mm-hmm. for that accommodation and expect to be for it to be fulfilled. I feel like we still need to work for you to yes. get your accommodation. Yeah, yes. Like, and don't be scared filled. to ask for those accommodations. Yeah, yeah. Don't, don't be scared. Don't be scared of your disability. Yeah. Well, no and also, even if you don't even have a documented disability, right? Uh, even if you you can ask for the draft at least a week in advance. Like, because, yeah. you know, even if you don't have a documented disability, sometimes people need longer to process things. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's really not fair um, 
to not have any access to your child's IEP mm -hmm. to show up for a meeting and they're just going to start throwing things at you. Right. And like what it's do you like think? you're getting it all cold. Yeah. Yeah. What do you think? And, and that just isn't fair because um, the school has had, there's different people involved, right? So they've put input here and input there um, and you should be able to have mm -hmm. access to that. And so. I mean, I think sometimes there's like controversy, right? Like if I write, if there's a draft IEP, is that like um, making decisions, predetermination, yeah. right? Um, or, um, oh gosh, like I have seven IEPs that I have to write. I don't know if I really have time to get you a draft IEP or whatever. But here's the thing is parents um, have a right, schools have an obligation um, to help parents be an active participant in that process. And also never be afraid to call out for an advocate for you as well. Like right. you guys were amazing in helping me out with Kenny's IEP. Yeah, I mean, I do think sometimes you just need somebody else yeah. to kind of back you up and yeah, say... It can be anybody. Tina always says, hold up, <laughs> right? Like, slow your roll. <laughs> or, or when she's being super professional and nice, she says, hmm, tell me more about that. <laughs> All the same thing, right? It like really puts people like in a different mode where they're going to have to stop and think about the way that they're um, not supporting families in this process. It's a difficult process. It's a it stressful a process, mm -hmm. right? It is. And to, and it's not okay for there to be um, these kind of barriers, right? That are easily managed if there's just some effort put into it, right? right? Exactly. Um, and I think that in the long run, whatever time you might spend as an educator accommodating a parent's need around a disability, you're gonna save that time later, for sure. Yeah. Right. And you're gonna be able to build a a, a tr relationship. trusting relationship yep. where you and that family can work together to support that kid. Um, and But parents out there, just ask, mm -hmm. right? Just say, hey, this is what my need is and, and they need to meet that need so that you can be part of that. Um, and don't be afraid to ask. Don't be afraid to ask. Um, because Tammy did ask, and although it wasn't correct, she probably should have asked again, but that's okay. We can and talk again, about and again, this. And yeah. again, and again, and yeah. again. <laughs> um, that's okay though, right? It's yeah. a learning curve. And um, and families don't know. They don't know what they don't know, right? Um, but we're here to tell you to ask. Ask for that stuff and ask questions. And you know, why not? Tell me more. Those are always great questions. And those are great ways at getting at, hopefully getting at exactly what's the underlying thing here. And you deserve to be able to have access to your kid's IEP, mm -hmm. to be able to read it, right, in the language that you need to read it or in the font that you need to read it. Mm -hmm. um, you know, all of that stuff. And, you know, it's, it's a little bit, it's, well, Tammy's mentioned it numerous times how frustrating it is, um, especially in somebody in Tammy's situation. There's a lot of history there. She's lived there. She graduated from the school. There's the same people and that her kids have been in the school since kindergarten. So Tammy's disability isn't new, right? right. Uh, she was born with it, you know? And so, uh, so it's almost, and I'm sure you feel this way, Tammy. I, I'm sure you feel, well, why do I have to tell them again? I tell them every time, yes. but you have to tell them again, Tam, because they obviously either don't remember, or maybe it's somebody new. Um, or they just need to be, I don't know. I think sometimes like, unless that's your experience, like you don't realize all the ways that it impacts a person, True. right? Like, okay, well like Tammy can't drive a car, 
right? But maybe that doesn't occur to them that then it's difficult for you to read regular size print, right? Like they just don't, like you just don't know what you don't know. Yeah. So. Well, listen, we could talk forever, obviously. Avi. <laughs> but our time is almost up. So I want to say thank you so much, Tammy, for spending this time with us. Well, thank you for having me. I'd like, I'd like to say that she traveled from Minnesota just to be on our podcast, but she is doing other stuff as well. well I but, did come for the buddy walk. Yeah. So um, thanks so much for coming and sharing with us. Yes. Thanks thank you, Tammy. Tina's so cool baby it. sister. Cool baby sister. Yeah. <laughs> So, cool. I have um, cool sisters. I mean, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, everybody. Thanks a lot for listening in. And um, we hope that you have a great, great um, couple of weeks until you hear from us again. Um, this is Hetty. And this is Tina. And this is Love and Inclusion in, in the, the Real, real World. world.